Hey, this is Roberto. You are back with the Joyful Rebellion podcast for my steampunks. This is season 2022, episode four. Uh, steampunks, my warriors from Central Falls, please say what's up to the world. What's up? Today we have Sandra Victorino in the house. Sandra, hi. Hi. So Sandra is, uh, do you want to cover your, go ahead. I can do it. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a bilingual bicultural therapist. I speak Spanish. I've been a therapist for uh, 14 years and I've been in the field of behavioral health for 16 years. And then I also do, uh, I'm the director of workforce development for Care New England um, and I do community relations. So that's my current job. I still am a counselor. I still see uh, folks from the community, but not as much as I used to. There are there are two conversations that I want to loop you into, and I feel like uh, I feel like the second one is is one that we were uh, really struggling with before you came in today. Uh, not the conversation about loss, but we had a separate conversation about uh, about the hard R. Are uh, the hard R. Why are you looking at? <laughs> He's the one that said you looking at nigga and niggers. So oh, you looking at oh, me? He it, said it. it. Listen, the way you talk so many times about this, it makes you look like an it makes you like an expert. I wanna, I wanna get there. I wanna get there, and I wanna remind you about. I wanna remind you about what I've seen in the classroom, and what I'm sure many of you have seen in the classroom, and I'm sure many of you have felt discriminated against at some point in your life. And I'm sorry to tell you that everybody in this room will be if you haven't already you babies if you're lucky enough to have avoided it so far in life when you enter the workforce especially uh you're gonna see some stuff eventually you're gonna see that uh you're gonna see that the women next to you are treated differently than you are uh you're gonna see that other co-workers who have different skin colors are treated differently than you are uh and you're gonna see it no matter if you're experiencing it or not and uh, so I'm sorry to tell you that, but I want to actually get into that. I want to open that door a little bit. Uh, I want to re-talk about the conversation that we were having earlier and how that happens in the classrooms. But first, I want to bring it back to a conversation uh, that we were having last week. Uh, my, my resident genius, my resident genius, Keith, uh, said something last week. He said that he does... Uh, harm to himself by not treating himself well Stop when it comes saying to it like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying, you make it sound horrible. This yeah. doesn't involve a tissue box. I'm talking about, no, no. I'm saying you just said no. I do harm to myself. I'm like, all right, you were talking right about there. the tissue box a couple weeks what? ago. Whoa. That's a separate topic. <laughs> what topic was that? Rated R topic, not okay. PG 13. Okay, so. <laughs> The harm that you do to yourself involves. <laughs> Just say I have a horrible sleep schedule. Exactly. Like, Just say I can't go to bed on time. Like we all say. Say you can't sleep. The words exactly. he the, the words that he used was that he's not kind to himself when it comes to sleep, or the words. Okay, that somebody, what do you say? So I'm using it now. You said it's hard. Okay. You know how that can be misconstrued. You know exactly. Right? Uh, only by a sick, perverted freak. Of nature, half half of us, absolutely, myself included. I know, I understand this, but I thought that was really interesting because we're talking about the joyful rebellion. We're talking about joyful rebellion is when we take a lot of the subjects. The last episode we talked about loss, and we're trying to find answers. We're trying to find our joy in some of the struggles. So that kind of loss how do you feel after how do you feel after not being kind to yourself in that way tell me more about your example of me not going to bed on time yes um <laughs> i'm tired that's best way to describe it it sucks as i'm like all right it develops where like your body automatically adjusts to it so say if over the summer i go to bed at like three in the morning each time and wake up at like something p.m you know it's gonna impact me by just adjusting to that all right well now you're not tired yet so when i want to go to bed when i'm like when it's like <laughs> close to 12 i'm not going to because you know i already like fell asleep like earlier and woke up like a few minutes ago so like it's it just adjusts and it hurts me on the fact that i can never go to bed back on time does that impact you during the, when when it's the school year again are you used to sleeping during the day or sleeping staying up late at night yeah, yeah. you you are how does that affect you during the school day well, sleeping in class, um, 
it's a thing where like it doesn't affect, affect me as much as it did when I was in middle school. But now it's just more of like, all right, well, you fall asleep in class, you miss whatever happened. Tough shit, you suck. So like, <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. Like, yeah, it's, it's it sucks for you. Now just get it from someone else. And if nobody else has it, then that grade is gone. And that's how it affects me. So it impact it can impact your grades. Yeah. It impacts your class time. Mm. Do you have a do you have an answer? Do you have a solution? Go to bed on time, nigga. <laughs> okay. But do you? Yes, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, it the best way I could say is all right, if you're playing a game, it's not gonna go nowhere. Put it down for a little bit. Um, just go to bed when it's when you're when you set your bedtime. Like for me, I set mine's at 11 30. I always stay up past 1130 because I'm in the middle of beating this one boss, but it's always going to be there. So it doesn't matter. So like, it's not going to move. Nothing's going to change. Is this, El- is this Elden Ring? Is that what's going on? No, it's supposed to look that. No. Jordan got so happy. So I'm, I'm going to ask you, that's a can of worms. I'm going to ask you guys the same question. I'm going to ask all of you the same question. In what ways, in what ways are you not kind to yourself? And I'm sure right now, some of you can think right away of some ways that we're not kind to ourselves, but others might think of something else or ways that we didn't even ways that are maybe beneath the surface, right? Ways that are maybe subconscious and ways that we're not kind to ourselves. But uh, our guest, uh, our guest right now is Sandra. We still have Dahlia too uh, with us from podcast uh, episode three of Joyful Rebellion 2022. So uh, Sandra, in what ways have you been not kind to yourself? list is long but um one of it for me is always like my self-talk so I'm like pretty negative when it comes when I don't accomplish something or when I don't do something the correct way um it was the that voice was a lot louder when I was younger but it's I've had to like change the script a lot and give myself like an allowance but like I would like if I sent the wrong email to someone or used the wrong words or I had a conversation with someone, I would think about it like for days. It would just like pop up and I'm like, did I say the right thing? Did I do that wrong? And so I'm doing that to myself over several days. I would just beat myself up like as, as I was remembering it. I was like re-traumatizing myself from the situation that happened. And so I think when I was younger, that was a lot of the stuff. I mean, I think when I went into college or the workforce or even being in high school, I had a lot of anxiety that I didn't know about. And so like that's that sometimes created a lot of that. Um, now I'm like, all right, you did it. So what can you do better the next time? And so I stop it before it starts to like really unfold. But it still happens sometimes. This is for episode six. Uh, but I'm going to ask you now, what what is your biggest source of anxiety? Uh not being able to achieve and not being able to support my family. Like my biggest thing is I'm first generation professional and the first one in my family to get a master's to be a professional. And a lot of weight was on supporting my family. So like I still support my parents. Um, A lot of people depended on me because I was the one that was making it. And so I couldn't talk about that at work. Like people don't really understand that when you're a first generation. Like there's a lot of people that their families have gone through college. So they got a hand. I had to kind of figure out that journey on my own. That's a very big one. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Cause that's, that is a big one. That's almost yeah. like an exposed, like you opened up. Um, and, but I'm wondering, because you said something earlier, you were talking about how you beat yourself up kind of, Yeah. and I've had those moments. And what I'm, what I'm thinking of, uh, when you say that is I'm thinking of 2 a.m. After I've gone to sleep at 2 a.m., my eyes shoot open. And my question is, do, have has this happened to any of you? My eyes shoot open and I'm like, why the did I do that? Why did I say that thing that I said? What is that? You said yes. You can relate. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Every, every human being. Every, it happens to So we... We all, Desi's perfect. Desi doesn't, but. <laughs> Can anybody give me an example? Waking up middle of the night. Why did I do that? What are we, th- what are we thinking about? What, are, what is the thing? Um, Go ahead, Keith. In, and this hits me. In fifth grade in elementary school, I snapped on my teacher because she was 
this old time bitch and she had it out for me because I don't know why, but I did something to her apparently and she just hated me so much. And um, during that, uh, I was going to get picked up by my mom. So what happened was, all right, from what my mom says, they told her when she got to the office that, all right, we'll just go down to the room, pick them up. In the middle of that, I was in the middle of cussing out my teacher and my mom caught me and long story short, well, black people always will. Yeah, I got, I got the belt water belt treatment. We're like, water, 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 so you dip like the belt in water. What? And so it hurts more when you get in an ass. If you ever no, go back in time and tell my dad about dipping the belt in water, I will I will be pissed at you. <laughs> that or coming out the shower and then bam, it's an asshole. And that's what got me all the time. We got chancletas flying in Latino families. Yeah. It's just, it it's their footwear. Loved. It was always loved about. And they could boomerang it around corners too. Hold on, one, one conversation, one conversation. Go ahead. Sorry. Yes. So it was a wooden spoon from my family. So yeah. I get <laughs> you're, say, you're saying you? Give me, a, give me one more example. Wake up at 2 a.m. Why the hell? Uh, Keith. Keith just shared uh, about cussing out his teacher and his mom walked in and he's like, why am I even in this situation? What is, what do you, what wakes you up at two in the morning? I also cussed out his teacher. <laughs> oh, was, oh my God. Yeah, remember this? Freshman oh. year here. Miss, I had a teacher called Miss Gaspar. <laughs> you like that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll call her. She does not know what he's doing online because it was during quarantine. She just repeated the same story over and over again. So she was like, so the war and um, the war and um, the war and the... so I actually pressed the space bar, which for some reason unmuted me while I was changing tabs. I was like, hurry the fuck up. Oh my God, you should have saved the same shit for 20 hours. Damn. And then I just heard her like stop. She's like, um, okay. And then she moved out. I was like, huh? Wait, wait, what just happened? So I went back. I damn this man's like, why the hell did you say that? And it was like, unmuted. And I immediately muted. I, I never said I never apologized. I genuinely <laughs> felt bad for her in that moment. Yeah, she didn't know me. She just didn't know what she was doing. She wasn't being bad. I feel okay. When you left that class, I was still in that class. I saw like a dead ass, a parent cuss her out. Look, wow. She, she had a bad day. <laughs> Look, I didn't know it was unmuted. I was just I was just angry because she didn't know what the fuck. And she was just like, she was just repeating the same sentence over and over again, not getting to the assignment. Right, remember that? We can barely I, had an assignment. It wasn't an exactly. assignment. No, there wasn't an assignment that day. That's why I was pissed. Can I can I tell you something? That happened to me. Happened to you too? Uh, during a quarantine, I'm in a meeting. It's oh, no. it's with it's with the Providence School Board. Oh no! And uh, and I hate like sometimes you're in as a, as adults. It's worse than the ones in the classroom as a as a young person. As an adult, it's worse because it's your time. Your time is now. You get paid to do stuff, not to sit in these meetings where people are going to talk about bullshit, talk about the dumbest shit, the most, the worst, like it's the worst use of your time. I'm in this meeting. I got a brand new uh, extension camera. It has the ring light. And I was feeling myself in the thing, but also, but also like uh, pissed about the meeting. So somebody asked me about how the meeting was going because they saw me just playing with the light. I was like, man, fuck this meeting. Fuck these people. They're all fucking dumb, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I look pretty, though. All these ugly, dumbass is wasting my time. And then somebody was like, uh, can you mute your microphone? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. You get the payday, though. Yeah, you still got paid for that? Uh, yeah, I still, yeah, I still, got, paid for, I still yeah, got paid for the whole thing. And you know what? I muted myself, and I was shocked and scared. And then a minute later, I was like, I ain't even mad, though. <laughs> that did not that did not wake me up at three in the morning. I got no problems on that. I, at first, I was embarrassed for like five seconds. And I was like, no. That woke me up two weeks later because I was like, why did she write me up? She was super nice. And it was just she didn't, she didn't do no shit. No one really wrote anybody up. They're not mine. Well, someone got rid of them. Unless they were hacking someone else's account. That's pretty much it. Cousin, in what ways are you not kind to yourself? Oh, my God. That's. <laughs> um there's a lot of ways definitely the negative self-talk i beat myself up so bad um i try not to but i definitely do and then also not so much anymore but there was a lot of like subconscious ways that i was treating myself bad where like i self-sabotaged a lot and i didn't even like realize really tell us what self-sabotaging means so basically just like whether you mean to or not like doing things that impede your progress stop you from like 
being better. That's a really good example. Yeah, that's a good description. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I definitely did that because I was so used to living in chaos for so long that not living in chaos felt uncomfortable. Like yeah. it didn't feel right. So I would sabotage myself so that I could feel comfortable living in what I've always known instead of becoming better. Right. Anybody, anybody here ever be accused of self-sabotaging? You? What do you mean you? <laughs> you're my <laughs> resident. You you're my resident genius. Let me come back to you, uh, and then I'll get to you. Uh, <laughs> okay, tell, tell me about, tell me about a way that you've self-sabotaged. Um, so that's like going around the, what, what was it again? Can you define it again, please? Um, basically doing something, whether it's conscious or subconscious, that impedes your progression. Oh, yeah, totally. So because of the fact that uh, most people, including myself, see myself as like the whole icon of strength. I want to be the strongest person. That's what I've always seen myself as. I want to be the strength for for people. And then I just end up going in a far distance i'm going doing so much progress and then one little thing happens like no one acknowledges me for it because although i never asked for it i do want attention sometimes um the second something like that happens and no one acknowledges me nor says that they're proud of me for the things that i'm going through i just stop have no motivation i discourage myself i tell myself that what's the point if nothing's going to come out of it and then I just stop, which has just been a con consistent thing. I would always work out, even though I pride myself on strength, not really any, not anymore, because I can't see myself as a strong person anymore. I always just know that I'm doing so many things that it's terrible for my well-being and my health, even though it's that's the thing that I want to make better. That's the thing that I strive to make better, but I just keep... I know I'm doing it too. I know I'm making myself fail. And yet I can't stop it. Thank you. I, Go ahead. I'd love to touch on that real quick too. Is um something I like I found is that a lot of the ways that we cope with things are like fears and stuff just reinforces our fears, right? So we don't want people to leave us, we don't want them to like abandon us, so we leave first right and you hurt yourself prior to letting somebody else hurt you and you basically like bite off your nose to spite your face you know you're trying to avoid this thing and you put yourself through it anyways after my first big relationship you know your first big relationship i don't know if i i don't know if you guys have encountered that yet it's usually a little later in life after my first big relationship anytime i was in a relationship and it felt like it could grow I immediately ended the relationship because I was afraid of exactly that. That's the way that I self-sabotage. Thank you for that example. Thank you for that example. What was yours? Um, uh, basically, so my uncle, he basically prides himself on being like the smart person. And I'm not going to lie, in my family, because it is mostly women, they... No, I'm not going to touch on that because I feel like I'm going to get you. Oh, man. But uh, long story short, what he says is that they based off emotion instead of actually thinking about it first. And I've seen it because my mom and my grandmother are just. he. What he says basically makes sense. And I, like, I can't describe it that well. But either way, so he says that, all right, well, you got to be like smarter than them because if something <laughs> happens, then you're the you know tiebreaker for it. you gotta sit there and at least deal with the situation but um i once like i think i forgot what it was but i uh I'm trying to remember i did it for that it was it was an a lot, of, a lot of f-bombs on our, on our podcast today my aunt, uh, my mom and my sister always go through it and i basically try to stop the next argument that happens but it always creates an argument afterwards <laughs> and that's one of the things so it's like all right well my mom because my mom always like thinks that my sister is always like um doing something sneaky all the time so I was like all right fine and then I tried to make sure it doesn't happen and then it arguments argument happens where like all right that thing you know you stopped but the next thing about that same thing is going to happen and that's happened to me, like so many times 
thank you for that example. Uh, before I get to, I forget if it was Adam or if it was you uh, who had an example also. Um, yeah, before I get that way, I wanted to, I want to go back to Sandra. Go ahead. So I wanted to go back on the on the strength thing. I, I wanted to go back. I know that you expressed that you no longer. It sounded very similar to what you were talking yeah. about earlier for your own life. Yeah. And so like the strength piece of it, that's always what I felt like. I wanted to hold the family and the familia strong and like I needed to be the strong one. And I also learned that it was strength is defined in different ways, right? It's not just about like, I physically, I power lift, right? In high school, I used to be a power lifter. And so like, I used to be a weightlifter and all of it was external. And over the past couple of years, I've tried to let go of the external strength and like really build my internal strength because those emo that emotional self needs some healing too. Like my inner child never got to be a child. So now's my time. Yeah, I totally... I honestly I totally agree with that because you brought up the whole subject of family, which also reminded me of other things like, like well, with family comes expectation. And my parents hadn't given me that much of an expectation. They just thought of me as the other kid that was born here. So I have that little thing to do. But other than that, all the expectation that another thing of a self-sabotage that I have done is giving myself too much expectations. I've like just over-exaggerated what I need to do and going back on the subject of family, strength, I just have the fear of weakness. Even though I know like emotionally, I am the biggest wreck that you'll ever probably know. But outside, I'm going to make myself look like I'm not. I'm going to make myself look like, yeah, I can lift 300 and something pounds. It's not, it's not that bad. But in, in the inside, I just normally just don't really have anything to like protect myself. I can be easily broken on the inside, but not on the other. I know you pride yourself on being the biggest and the strongest. That's part of what you're talking about. But if you were paying attention during uh, episode three of the Joyful Rebellion, you were in a room full of people who were an emotional wreck at one point or another. Uh, so we're we're right here with you. Um, Sandra, a question. I, I have a question for you. I, I want to ask Vanessa real quick. Though. I want to get Vanessa in. Vanessa, is there is there one thing that wakes you up three o'clock in the morning or one thing that you felt like you self-sabotaged on in your life? Um, not really, because I'm a really deep sleeper. <laughs> so I don't wake up. Yeah. Um, but sometimes if I work to wake up, it's just like stuff I have to like finish for like the next day or the next week. Do you put it off? Yes. Are you a procrastinator? Yes. Mm. Is it a procrastinator or is it like the fear of like going through the process of it? It's like I start it and then I don't finish it until it's due because I just get lazy. Okay, so that's <laughs> definitely a procrastination. But, <laughs> but so you wake up in the morning with anxiety of what you need to finish, yeah. like what you haven't accomplished. Do you write it down? No. Like when you get up? No, I just remember it for throughout the day. Unless if it's a lot, then I will. But hmm. <laughs> do you have solutions? To to pro procrastinating, especially on schoolwork. Um no. I just I just find motivation at one point and I just try to do as much as I can in that period until you know, my son, my son uh, who's your age, lives on uh, Discord, and uh, he, he lives on Discord, and at first I was worried about what it's going to be like raising a, a, a child, and especially when he got into his group of friends, and then they start playing Minecraft and stuff like that, and oh, oh good, my son's a nerd, great, right, like, so he does all the same stuff that we do, he's into all the same anime, all that stuff, so they watch together, they watch One Piece together, and they'll, you know, play Minecraft together, and they'll do all that stuff, but the other thing they do is uh, they somehow encourage each other to to help each other with their schoolwork since they're all in the same class and stuff like that. It sounded like some of y'all had that when you were talking about distance learning, like you remember being in the same class and working on the same things. It was wild to me because my generation, well, my friends didn't do that. We didn't encourage each other to, to finish their work, but that sounded like a dope thing. It sounded like a, a potential um, solution. I think that's really dope. There's a couple of things, a couple of threads that I didn't want to let go. Uh, earlier today, we talked about um, we talked about bitches uh, and um, 
And I, just really quick, I want to let Sandra weigh in on this. I, I want to I let Sandra weigh in on this because uh, what we determined here was that uh, there's a generational difference um, and that your generation accepts it accepts it as, as a common word and sometimes as a synonym for a uh, girl or woman. Uh, and that thought, there's an acceptance. We, they, they judged, they ruled, and they were like, it's, it is what it is. Uh, we, did have, uh, we did have a student in here who's like, I'll find other words to, to express what I wanna say. Um, but another thing that kind of struck me as interesting, uh, another thing that struck me as interesting was a divide in genders. And I heard a hint of it here but we definitely talked about it more in depth on a previous podcast when we're talking about logical intelligence versus emotional intelligence, we stereotype, um, excuse me, logical intelligence with men and we stereotype emotional intelligence with women. Uh, I, I, wanna, I wanna ask, Sanjay, I'm gonna get to you in a second, but my cousin's going off right now. I'm seeing her head nod. Uh, <laughs> tell, you, tell me your thoughts on the stereotype of women carry more emotional intelligence, men carry more logical intelligence. And for the record, this is a generalization. Mm -hmm. And what that means is it's not true for everybody. We're talking about a stereotype and we're talking about, we're using this as generally speaking, which even then I'm wondering if it's fair. Um, I think that there is, there is some kind of truth to it. And I think that a lot of it also just has to do with society and the fact that society has put this idea that men can't be emotional. So they're kind of forced into that logical mindset and women are stereotyped and kind of just put in that box. And so you're kind of just forced into it. You're raised almost to be in that type of mindset a lot of the time. And, um, you know, Neither of them is good. Emotional mind, I mean, mind, mindful mind. That's where you want to be, mindfulness. Um, but yeah, I think just like, it's really just kind of a society thing. Sandra, weigh in. So for me, I've typically walked into my masculine. And so that's the way I talk about it, my masculine and my femininity. And I tend to walk in my masculine because I at a very young age, saw my father, I'm one out of, the, there's four girls in my family, I'm in fourth out of five kids, there's only one boy, he had a rough time, <laughs> he's, my brother, like, has emotion, <laughs> he grew up with four girls, he has emotion, so most of my sisters, like, and myself grew up more on the masculine side, so we ended up really flipping roles, and I didn't recognize, I was very hard and clear, and I thought, you know what, in order to survive in this world, I have to like, no emotion. I walk through it. I'm logical. I'm this. And I, so I took on my more masculinity and I realized that I, I started to embrace my femininity and walk in it. And then I could be more of a whole person. So when like your uncle talks about the, the femininity and the masculinity in order for us to be our best self, we need to find the balance between both because there are moments that we need to be the nurturers. And there are times that we need to save the person from the burning building. And at that time, you just need to strategize and do it, right? But that's not who we have to be every day. And I think we lose out on ourselves when we are that every single day. I have never thought about it in this way, but, but listening to you now and listening to the students, uh, it seems this this podcast, Joyful Rebellion, is directly about mental wellness. It seems like the balance between masculinity and femininity and the gender stereotypical roles that go in between. For example, it is okay for a boy to play with dolls, but we know that as typically having been more of a, a girl thing to do. Mm -hmm. And you gave an example of powerlifting. And it's okay for you to do, a boy can do anything, a girl can do anything, but typically they had been dominated by other spaces and other genders. It seems to me like the balance that you talk about between um, masculinity and femininity is directly tied to our mental wellness. It is, because then we, we allow other people to decide things for us. Like how many of you feel like things are decided for you, right? 
Exactly. So until you start like working on your own scripts and like really start to figure out where you belong, then you can advocate for yourself. If you don't, if you don't start saying, nope, this isn't for me just because someone says this is for me, like I'm going to let that, like, is it really for me? And we have to kind of, we have to figure out that balance for ourselves. Because if not, you walk around your life and you're living out someone else's dream. It's not yours. So um, I want to I wanna shift. Forgive me for pivoting. Uh, we had a conversation earlier, and this podcast has heard me a million times talk about examples. But my most extreme example of horrendous schooling has been uh, this teacher, Arthur Norman from Providence, who called a student the N-word. Uh, <laughs> wait, why how come when i say n-word you say keith because you said because nigga you... and nigger in the same sentence before and now you want to say n-word instead and i'm just like well we were about it? well there was a specific quote because in I, the union defended this teacher and in court he says uh i didn't say nigga i said nigga and they said it multiple times i said nigga <laughs> why you bleep it out I'm, I'm really i honestly i told you guys earlier i'm i'm uncomfortable and i hate what I hate the most was when we were talking about the B word and the N word, yeah. what I hate the most is that I can say bitch as an example. I could be like, oh yeah, should we be saying that word? Should we say the word bitch? But when it comes to the N word, even still, like I, I st it still makes me feel icky. Um, Ooh, so you're challenging your script right now. I am, I, I'm <laughs> I, I know that and I, yeah, right. And I process that in real time. Um, but, Something that something that happened and something that came up on this podcast before was examples like that. That student, uh, that student found out in middle school that the education system and lots lots of the parts in it, not all of it, but lots of the parts in it, was doing harm to him and against him. And we have a lot of everybody here can think of an example of a teacher who harmed us in some way. And I don't mean they hit you, but I mean they harmed us in some way. Is that something that you would agree with? Would you say that school, who here feels like school helps them and is more helpful than harmful versus who here feels like school is more harmful than helpful? Harmful. 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 You're in a room full of teenagers. We're going to say harmful. No, but. I'm thinking about this logically. The whole, uh, if you're getting bullied, tell the teacher thing does not work. That's why it's not work. No. That, that mm -hmm. does not work at all. Why? 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 You're going to get Keith, counted for Keith, it. Uh, Keith, go ahead. And okay. No, you go first. Okay, go ahead. So for the thing that we just said, that if you are getting bullied, tell the teacher, they actually have to report it, and it's going to be an incident. And if that person gets in trouble, they're going to know that you snitched, and it's just going to get worse and worse. worse. And then there's only so much a teacher could actually do, you know? Okay, so. Legally. So it's a legal thing. Jordan, why is school helpful? And I know that. I know that you're a hard worker and I know that you have the greatest teacher in Rhode Island, right? Uh, I know that. So, so you've had a really good experience. Uh, why is school more helpful than harmful? I'm, I'm just saying that through my own experience because of the fact that, well, um, school has just been a place where I can just converse with people, talk to everyone, most of the friends that I made are from school. I have never met anyone outside of this place and just be like, oh, hey, let's start a conversation randomly. Normally I just bump into someone because in school through a program or whatever, like how I met most of the freshmen that I know because of the, because of Smile and because of this. Steambox. Mm -hmm. Because of the Smile program and because of Steambox. And all that that was just great. I can I can talk about that all all the day, all the day. So Jordan, school has been more helpful to you than harmful, and I'm so happy for you, Vanessa. More helpful than harmful? Yes. Give me one example why. Um, just people that I meet. It's like it's fun to hang around with. Well, when I think about it, I'm not thinking about the social social things that happen because school's not meant for social, you know, social, just talking to people. School's meant for learning and school's meant for a grade. So when I said it's more harmful. I, I honestly lost track and I don't know what school's actually meant for anymore. So this is, help, I, I'm dead ass. This is helpful for me to hear your perspective on what school's so for. When it comes to social things, I completely agree. It's more helpful. It helps you with more social cues. Um, it just helps you become a better, well-rounded person socially. 
But when you get to the work aspect and how much hard, how hard it is for some things that you're probably never going to use in your life and how much stress that builds on you, I, I would say it's more harmful because, look, I don't even do most of my work, right? I do it later or something, deadlines and stuff. But I'm still ahead in, in my life. That, that you, I hate it when you do that. Do what? You do, do the homework yeah. and you're able to ace the test or something. <laughs> All right, the school as a system, it works for some people, but for other people, it does not. It does not work for me because I do good on, by my own learning, which is weird because I don't like taking notes. I, I haven't taken notes since this is my first year ever taking notes, and I never study them because it does not help me, but that's what school is built around, so it's harmful for me because it's getting me to change my own styles. Um, Actually, what you saying that on how, like, because uh, when he said, he said, oh, man, I hate it when you uh, when you <laughs> man, I hate it when you just go ahead and straight up uh, ace the test without having to do any work. It, it just it just reminds me of how like that's kind of how I was. <laughs> like um, it goes to show that certain people learn very quickly and some people don't. It's just the way it is. That's how it is. That people are different. They're not going to be the same. That's like how school was supposed to be, that everyone is going to learn the same speed. Everyone's supposed to learn the same things. It's just a person giving you this information and you just have to know it. Now you can literally just go on some random device, look up some random thing that you're not even going to use. And then later on, it's like, oh, hey, I know this. I'm going to be honest with you right now. What? This is <laughs> I just, last year, my freshman year, I, th- I didn't like algebra one. I didn't really pay attention. So what I did. Yes. No, I went online. I got my pieces of homework. I really don't want to do this. So I go online. I said, just say like the the topics quadratic uh system equation something. I go online. I search up systems of equation calculator. I plug in my question. I put it in. I get my answer, and I just do it for every single problem. That's resourceful. Yeah, you're being resourceful. That's what they want you to do. That's why I say it's more harmful. They they. Just conform. They want you to have the formula so that when you enter the real world and you come across a problem when you have to use a quadratic equation, you'll know how to do it. Sandra, how many times have you had to use the quadratic equation after college? Never, because I studied. So, I'm, a, I, but I studied. I went. And, I went. No, into, but yes. into the, I've, the arts, like that's liberal arts. Like we literally, I took the classes at the beginning. I was supposed to be an optometrist, an ophthalmologist. Like I was going to go do eye surgery, and then I got scared. One, two. I found out about psychology and I ended up seeing someone like me. I ended up seeing, uh, he was a Puerto Rican, a Puerto Rican um, psychologist from, um, from Puerto Rico. And that's what made me go into this field because I'm like, what? That happens in our communities. That's actually like our brain actually does that in emotions. But it's, I haven't used it because I ended up going into the arts. Like I read a lot. And so I just found that I have a learning disorder last year. Get that. What so- so like I have a reading like, yeah. disorder. I have not, I don't, it's the speed and the comprehension. And I just found out last um, November and I went all through high school and all through college. And so sometimes some people don't pick up certain things. And, and that, to me, I think that that created a lot of things, but resiliency, resourcefulness is super important. I, I'm a sound engineer. I've never had to use a quadratic equation. Oh, but if I did, I know that I could Google you know what I mean? A quadratic <laughs> equation like, I calculator. Have things that like help me read things before someone told me I was supposed to be doing that. I think half of the classes should just be like, "Do you know how to use Google?" Yes, yeah. you pass. There you go. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> and then, and then they should teach us this stuff that we're talking about, mental wellness. And then they should teach us how to do our taxes. And then they should teach us all this other That's shit. That's what I want to learn. I want to learn how to do how to do my taxes. I don't want to learn really. They actually made the financial literacy class. No, yeah, it's it's it's. If you don't want to take trigonometry, bro, I'm 40 something years old and I still want to learn how to do my taxes. Go ahead. Uh, so about school, I feel like it hasn't changed since it's been started. It's just been the same. Teacher teaches uh, certain subjects, even as technology progresses and we know stuff. Like now, they don't incorporate. It. Of course, we have the internet and Chromebooks, but it's still just used to do the same formula. But there's something I have to say that opposing that school does help a lot with opportunities, opportunities like Steambox that get you to talk with people, share your, express your feelings and go places, do what you want to do. Where are we going next year? Japan. I hope. Let's see what's happening. Are we still going to Boston? Boston? Like, I mean, I'm going to plan on taking you to Japan at the same time as Anime Boston, so I don't have to take you to Anime Boston. 
like college this is the same it helps you with opportunities opportunities to get better jobs that's what i, I just schools i just think schools only good for the opportunities like kids in the canyon for example vanessa tell me <laughs> uh, vanessa tell me about kids in the canyon real quick um it's a program throughout the school year that takes you to the canyon the grand canyon in oh, April grade. did you go this year yes did, did you enjoy your experience yes so Vanessa went to the Grand Canyon this year. We're talking about going to Japan next year. We've got a top-rated podcast uh, in the world that we're on right now. Um, we we know that school has been helpful in certain areas, which makes my day. That is the joyful and joyful rebellion, because I often think very negative things about schools. Give me one more, just one more way that school has been helpful. <laughs> I can't think of it. Oh, all right. Uh, Damn, I gotta think. I gotta really think. Okay, okay. So hang on. So hang on. Can anybody give me one way in which school has harmed them? Oh yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say like confidence. I didn't say confidence. He's a confirmation, but confidence. Confidence. Yeah. confidence. School shakes like, your confidence. In a bad way, I would say. How? How so? Because like. Because I'm like, it's like grades. I'm gonna say this. I hate grades. It's like you do one assignment. Okay, you hand it in. You try really hard on it. A D. You try. You do it again. Another assignment. You try really hard and extra hard on it. C. You go. It's like, oh, I'm improving. You go to the test. What are these? What are these questions? Okay, Adam. Something I've noticed. I second you, that. You are probably the most hardest working person in our class. That doesn't mean you get the best grades. You I do know. all your work. You try really hard. That's why he hates you for not doing anything. Exactly. That's why he hates you. Literally today, like, you we can ask Naomi about it. I get mad at her all the time. Yeah. yeah. Today in a class that is Mr. Gill's, uh, it's our algebra teacher. We got back packets that we did at the beginning oh of the year. Oh, my God. Mm. The end of the year, and we just did. Right? Okay, so I got a higher score than him even at the beginning of the year. Just because I just learned way quicker than him. I feel like he really, really tries. That's what I respect. Like, sometimes I think I have to try harder, right? But you really, I just, not for you. Like, school is not built towards people who just try like that. You have to have some sort of uh, Damn. skill. If school didn't yeah. shake his confidence, you just did. School, school. <laughs> <laughs> I already said this. Well, yeah, he does. He always, yeah. I always <laughs> School school is not for you, he said. And I hate to say this, and I'm not talking about you, but I I don't think school is for many of us. I think the way that schools are built, it's not for many of us. Uh, don't go to college. Jordan, go ahead. In what way has school harmed you? Actually, now thinking about this more, I have one thing that has harmed me when it comes to school. I've spoken about how the fact that I just don't try. I have spoken about it a lot. Like, to the point of which I just use my own knowledge that I know. Sometimes I care to listen about what the teacher is saying, usually only do it for math, science, and English. Um, but other than that, I just don't really try it. And like the point that you guys were getting at, it's like how you're trying so hard and doing all this. One big thing that's harmed me is that after all the things that I haven't done, the very end, and I learned this, three days ago <laughs> was that I regret not trying. I completely do. Like it is just such a big regret seeing the people that I grew up with just soar past you and you're just left there like nothing. That's how it is because when you when you do your when you do your work and try so hard to get to the very top Everyone looks at you like this person worked for it. And then there's me who hasn't tried a single day in his life. And I'm still at least a decent rank, but that means nothing because he didn't try. I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like it's teachers or other people that help like boost your ego so much that you're like, I don't need to try on this. I'll just get a good grade anyway. Because for me, like I've had teachers come up to me and say, you don't learn like other people. I understand. So I'm gonna give you a party. And I feel like that hurt me too because uh, like I said, I've never had to take notes because teachers didn't want me to. And also, what grade are you in? May I ask? Uh, 10. 10. So it is going to get terribly worse. Let me, oh, let me get, let me get to one more. Thank, thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, I, I graduated from classical. I graduated from college. And 
with, with very, very little effort, I, I hate to say. Uh, and I honestly think my brother's a lot smarter than me. And I don't and, and he hadn't graduated from college yet. Um, and the struggle is just different. And I know he went and tried and it's it's just we're just different. We're, people are just different. Give me one more way where school has actually harmed us. May I? Yes. Really quick? I tried. I was not a good test taker. Like, right. I was not a good test taker, but I tried and I made it at every step of the way. And the only thing I thought about was if I made it last year, I'll make it this year. And that's literally what, and I, I did everything in two, two years. Like I got my associates first two years. Then I went and got my bachelor's two years. My master's was two years. Like I, I always just thought about the next step. I didn't think about like the whole staircase. And honestly, like that's, that's what school is, is like, you think about it. Like if you want, if you know, right now and you have awareness, awareness is half the battle. And like, you're so lucky to have awareness. I know adults that are in their forties and fifties that don't talk like that. <laughs> and so awareness is half the battle. If you know what it is that has been preventing you from moving forward, it's just about trying the next day, right? Like that's it. Awareness is half the battle. It's like allowing yourself to think about it. I used to have a nephew that used to tell me, he's like, I know what I'm supposed to do and I want to do it. And I'm like, great. Awareness is half the battle. Like don't do anything about it. <laughs> That's it's, so what you guys are all talking about here, having the awareness of how you learn and taking notes is a form of learning. Like you don't have to go back and read them, but taking notes is definitely a way of putting the, the stuff in your brain. Yeah. You know where else they're lucky? Um, they have amazing teachers from their own community. Uh, and and I saw a, a question on the Internet. When was the first time you had a black teacher? And my answer is never. I have never in my entire life, straight through college, had a black teacher. I never, I never had a lot. I never had a brown teacher. I never had anything but white teachers. My entire life. No, you guys, you guys have some great ones. Uh, I'm going to turn this back to Sandra in one second. Um, but give me, and Sandra and I had talked about a question. I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'll probably run through it real quick in case anybody has something to say. And I honestly don't remember. I do remember. <laughs> Good, I thank you. Uh, one more way where you feel like school has harmed you. Keith, go ahead. Race. Race. Um, so in terms of rock art, you got a white teacher. They're not going to understand half the problems that you go through as a black or Dominican or like some, if you're not white, long story, if you're not white, they don't give a shit. They're not going to understand. As much as like they really should. Look, you ever had this with Jerry? No. All right. So she was oh, a white teacher, but she was very heavy on social justice. And she was teaching us social justice, but from a white woman's standpoint. And I was like, we already know all of this, but she's trying to teach it to us. We we do this podcast. There's another school where we do this podcast, and um, all of the students are black and brown. A lot of them are from Central Falls in Pawtucket. Uh, I have one student who transferred in from Oregon. And uh that that one student from Oregon um, is pro police, is pro all of these other things, and it's it's a very very different experience. So if you take if you take that's my one white student out of I think I'm serving 900 students this year. If you take the same thing and you apply it to your teachers, well, I understand what you're saying, Keith. It's going to be very hard for them to relate to us. One on other thing I have to add to is that. In general, race, I mean, obviously race is a problem society, but one thing I have to, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very controversial right now. So all the white people listening to this, don't hit the table. Don't get offended for some black person if they do something that is natural to them. And I'm talking towards of like when Miss Garces said that she had this baby, he was at, he or she was acting up. So she slapped him on the hand, you know, I mean, at a Walmart, at a Walmart you know, and then these okay. two white girls, yeah, it was her, it was her kid. And oh. these two white girls looked at her like, you just hit your kid. What the hell was that? Oh my God. Like, <laughs> bro, there was a Hispanic lady next to her. And she was just like, yeah, good job. See, the Hispanic, that's the thing. It's just don't get offended for other people. Like, cause I've seen so many times where like a white girl got offended, uh, offended yeah. For a black person, because they were black, not because of what happened, but just because they were black. So like, oh, poor you, 
No, that's what pissed me off. Go ahead. I'm just tell my story because I, I kind of find it entertaining. Um, so my mom would work, and so I would stay with my grandma. And my grandma, she doesn't speak English, so and my grandma doesn't have a car. Um, so it's me, my cousin, and I think another cousin. And so we're walking. We're three kids, and it's a lot of work for her. And um, she like lets go of my hand to grab the my cousin's other hand, and she's like, Rihanna, don't move. Stay right here because like the cars are coming. What do I do? I'm running towards the street and she grabs me quickly. She grabs the stick and she's Don't she walking me. with a stick. No, Whoa. she grabbed a oh. stick. She grabbed a stick. And a policeman comes to her <laughs> and he's like, You're you shouldn't be doing that. And um she doesn't understand English, so she just ended up cursing him in Creole. And the policeman left. But it, it was just I would be horrified too. See, you know, it's because white people don't understand how black people and all the other races were raised. See, because I got my uh, the way I was raised was was ass whoopings, and that helped me out a lot. But if normal say like, all right, well now your child now if your child get if you whoop your child that's abuse. abuse. It's abuse. But it it helped me learn. So like the whole don't touch the stove because it's hot thing, and you touch the stove, bam. It's hot. And now you're going to get whooped for it. Exactly. Too. Now you're going to get whooped for it. Like that's, that's just dumb. You don't got to be offended for other reasons. I, I, I do want to say abuse is abuse. But yeah, I think some people, I, I think there's sometimes where some people should probably stay in their lane. Now, I think, I think there's obvious abuses that people should step in for, right? Mm-hmm. There's some obvious abuses. And maybe they feel that way, that those are some obvious abuses. But, uh, but it's really interesting because some people feel like they're on a high horse. Some people feel like they're better than other people because they don't, you know, hit them with a switch or whatever, but like they abuse their children by the, the way they cook their chicken. You don't know who I'm talking about. Uh, we know who you're talking about. Let's be honest. We know. Sandra, um, what was, what was our question? So our question was, I want to touch on that just to just attack. So there in my spaces and in the life that I've had, there have been a few white folks that have gotten it and have actually been my mentors. They've actually helped me navigate the white world, honestly. Um, and it's they were they were instrumental to where I am today because they were bridges. Like I would have my culture couldn't provide it, and they were able to connect, make the connections. So there are a few out there that you know I do did do that pathway but i also they were as they were teaching me they were willing to learn too right so we're having dialogue about things and to tell you the truth some of them i laugh because they got to another space and they were like if it wasn't for you i wouldn't have been able to help all these other kids or all these other students or my mentors that were coming my way so there is a little bit of you know there um the other thing is as abuse is abuse like there are certain things that i think um you know growing up and seeing the way sometimes that impacts over the years there are different kids different ways of raising kids um but abuse is abuse and some people can like i've had people that have been in in treatment because they did get just spanked on their bottom and that was traumatizing for them so like trauma is is different for everybody. Like you don't know what's going to stick onto someone and like just create harm. So that's why it's like always being careful around those things. But never like but staying within our lane in conversations sometimes is important. Like people don't understand why I smell like a tortilla every morning but when like, I go to school. But right? Sandra, <laughs> like, yeah. Sandra, like like uh white people colonized right white yeah. people colonized white people took white people took our land yeah right uh raped our people yeah left us in poverty and left us with very few answers uh and and our coping mechanisms historically uh for for my people specifically and i'm talking about my lineage not yeah. puerto ricans in general but for my lineage a lot of it was in the bottle a lot of it yeah. was drinking and stuff like that a lot of it was my dad's dad used to beat the shit out of him. And I think that my dad had to evolve because as a parent, his first instinct was, well, I should hit him. His report card was yeah. bad. <laughs> so, so you see how, you yeah. see how like the colonizers set this whole path up that yeah. led to where we are now. 
and now looking at us where we are now and talking shit like, oh, don't hit him. It's like, motherfuckers, y'all raped us. Exactly. (laughs) And so I think like that's the thing, right? Is like, how do we find, how do we find love, right? How do we figure out love? So like, if you guys haven't read uh, Bell Hooks books, like Bell Hooks really talks about, like she just passed away last year. Great writer. Bell Hooks. Bell Hooks uh, with an S. So Hooks at the end. Okay. She talks about, she talks about, she talks about love. And like really like the whole thing about the masculine and the femininity and the way that was structured for us, right? Like she just has a beautiful way of explaining it. It's the only way like I've been able to kind of understand it myself. Um, But I think that as long as we continue to walk in genuine care and love for someone, we'll figure out what it is that person needs like in our circles, in our lives. And like, that's the best that we can do because, because these things are happening because our parents are hitting us because we have teachers who are like this because of all of these other things, we're going to find our own joyful rebellion. We're going to find our own love. If you can, please uh, send me a text as as soon as you leave. So before I publish this, I can attach that recommend that book recommendation. Um, But the other part that we, the last question was who in your life is your sounding board or is your person? that you go no. to like who do you go to like you guys are in this space so first like, of all you're one person first of all who's bullshit group of person you see the two people saying no one are oh, clearly oh, like each other's sounding board yeah. right <laughs> even if it's a even if it's a toxic negative one you guys <laughs> you you are you do each other. <laughs> and it's clear that it's not just from steambox jordan talked about meeting people in steambox vanessa did too it's clear that your relationship goes beyond steambox and maybe you don't recognize that and want to credit each other. But the question is, that's fair. Your answer is fair. But the question is for the rest of you who are willing to share very quickly, who is your person? Who, go ahead. Cousins. Your cousins. You have cousins. Are these the same girls that That made fun you? of me for watching this emotional ass <laughs> TV show that they put me on. Yes, those right, two. Because they it. understand it. Because they, 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 they're teenagers. Yeah. Well, they recently turned 20. But they understood in my position where I'm at, where I was, you know, yeah. where I'm at. They were there too. So like they understand it. So I talked to them about it all the time. I would talk to my uncle, but he's just he's not the right person to vent to, in my opinion. But yeah, that that's I usually talk to my cousins. Son, girlfriend, brother, uh those that's that's my tribe, my go-to just passed. My go-to, as we talked about in the in the previous episode. Uh, was my grandmother and she, and another thing that that happened we found out when we were talking to the family that she just knew when we needed her whether we were talking to her or not uh anybody else who's your who's your go-to so that's like the person that you talk to and yeah. Like, yeah yeah is yours your digital person so yeah like so i say first i say my online friend who i know him as hydro i don't even know my real name hydro hydro and then i'd say the people that i would i would talk to is my brother because I, I feel like I could say stuff to you. Is that I haven't person? done it very often. Because, <laughs> I, don't I don't think know. I could. You he could just, he absolutely <laughs> dissed you just now. You ruined two persons' confidence today. Two people's confidence. <laughs> and who, I'm sorry, who? Okay. Vanessa. Yeah. Vanessa, who's your person? Um, It's my sister. And then <laughs> sometimes yeah. my friends. But like, it depends who. And then... No, Brandon, do you have a person? Wow. Brandon, do you have a person that you go to? That's crazy. This is a joyful rebellion, not a toxic rebellion. <laughs> you talk with everyone and no one has to say exactly. exactly when he's depressed, trust me. No, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. Higginson. Go. What about me? As, go. Who you talk to? How about you? Who is your go to person? It's, oh, it's probably my cousin. It's not just about when you're like down and out, it's about joy too. Yeah. Right? So who's like the first person that you're able to tell because you feel so much joy? Oh, oh. that. Oh, oh that's my other friends. His name's Jay. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's it. Give me. That's it. His name is Jay. Your turn. Your turn. Hurry up. Your teddy bear. Your teddy bear. All right, next. Your turn. Hold on. Hold on. 
hold on. Tell me. So, so you have, so you have a stuffed animal, and that's your, that's your comfort. Enough, yeah. Stuffed animals are goaded. Okay, I have right. 16. I saw the stuffed animal. They will judge I have a wooden stuffed animal. I have a random ass blue bear that I sleep with. And Adam. then I leave Adam. Okay, Adam. I'm a big Adam. Adam. Listen. Hold on. Listen. Hold on. It's a podcast. One voice at a time. Jordan, go. Adam. I have an 18 year old man with the voice of an Olympic god. <laughs> <laughs> I have like eight stuffed animals. Respectable. All, that that I, respectable. all of which I do cuddle with because well, I, when I am sad. No, I no, I do, I do cuddle with them, and yes, sometimes I do think that way. But no, wait, wait, wait. But other than that, when you said it doesn't have to be about sadness, because if it was just about sadness, I wouldn't have said a person, because I don't vent to people because I am scared that they're just gonna be annoyed because they think I'm selfish or something like that. I don't like bragging about stuff. I don't like being selfish. I don't like that stuff, so I don't ever say it to anyone. However, you said joy. In which then I could say my best friends, whether they be the best friend group of the female variety or the male, which is still like basically two or three of each. Do, do the males have a variety too? Huh? Um, yeah. Are we a monolith and the females, you have all this variety? No. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to confuse you. Sandra. Yeah, so, you just confused so, me. So joy, those are, as you guys are describing who your joy and your depression, those are your people, those are your village. And the reason we need to have a village is because our loved ones do pass right our joyful people will pass on sometimes and and i had a really great mentor that passed on but that village was super important in that moment right that we have to have a few good people and those few good people are going to be there they they love to hear your joy they love to hear your like what you're trying to become what you aren't yet because they get to see your whole path you know how amazing it is to be a person that gets to see you from like your your when you're at your core your most vulnerable like sadness and joy like those are all the same without pain we do not have joy like it's both sides of it you don't you can't grow if you only had joy like you wouldn't really know it was joy yeah i, I totally understand that it's just i don't know what is what's the whole point with me since I, when I, when uh, we talked about stuffed animals, yeah, I have a really big dinosaur because I love dinosaurs. What's and his I name? Just, huh? What's his name? What do you think? T Rex. Yeah, I'm a child. So regardless, regardless of the fact, uh, yeah, I cuddle it. That's my like whole coping. But when it comes to my friends, I would never say anything about like my sadness because I don't feel like that's important. I never did. I never thought that. The whole when you're talking to me like, like that, I never actually thought of it as that. I just thought of it as like they'll get annoyed at me if I talk about it. They won't really. I don't want them to just like be mad at me for speaking about it. I don't want to annoy them. I don't want to feel selfish. I don't want to do that. I just want them to see me happy, even if that means that before I was happy, I had to be in total dumps, and they did not know that. So one of the things that I learned is that when I showed everybody the perfect Sandra, I never saw them see that there was actually a struggle. And so I was I was the worst role model to the folks that I loved the most because they thought that in order to be able to be me, they had to like, there was no emotion, there was no strength. And finally, I started to share my story this year because I did a disservice for not only myself, but the people that are coming into the field of, of behavioral health into healthcare. Because I was seen as what they quote unquote say the model minority. And that's not okay. It's not okay for me to be that. Like people are gonna walk in the way they are. And if they wanna be there in that space, it's gonna like embrace it all, right? Like the different ways that we talk, the different ways that we can act. Like I loved hearing joy in the room or there was a bunch of Latinas and you know how we can laugh, right? Like it was loud and it was a behavioral health hallway. And so people walk around like, oh man, they're being loud. And I'm like, yo, like that's joy. Like that's happiness. Like let people laugh. But in the same way, people would have emotions on the other side. We have, we're very poor on that side of the spectrum, right? But it's beautiful because that's just who we are. That's how we express ourselves. Sandra, what Adam could tell you is that uh, as a Spider-Man fan, with great power, oh. Oh. with great power comes great responsibility. And what I'm hearing is 
and it it took you it, you explaining it in that way but somebody who has great power like jordan has a responsibility to demonstrate to other people that it's okay for his friends to be vulnerable with him mm -hmm. and the only way to do that is to lead by example with great power comes great responsibility yes I had a nerd friend that taught me that too. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Adam. Uh, Sandra, any um, what what should we, what else should we be thinking about? What's your final tip for the people in this room and for the world to lead us into a joyful rebellion? Be as kind as you would want your the kindness that you want for your friends. You do that for yourself. Like always, think about that. Because we treat others so nice. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely have two people in this room who only sabotage each other like spy versus spy. <laughs> oh my God. I have I not seen that, that in a while. Thank, hey, listen, thank you. Uh, it, it's been a long day. We did uh, we did a couple of long podcasts. That, that was... Honestly, it, it really is. Uh, and that's because I didn't have the heart to stop us at any point because you guys were really opening up in really beautiful ways. Uh, you guys are leading the Joyful Rebellion uh, with uh, two mentors in the room today, uh, Sandra Victorino uh, from episode four and Talia Gonzalez from episode three. Uh, Talia, Sandra, oh, sorry, Sandra, uh, where should people follow you to find out more about your work? So um, I'm actually, uh, my Instagram is the Latino Mental Health Network. Um, I think, you know, anyone that's trying to find out more information and like really connect, um, we really are trying to promote and help people go into behavioral health. We need more people, more representation. So yeah, reach out. Um, representation is one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today. I'm happy and lucky that we talk about that so much on the podcast because we went in so many different directions. We're going to have to have you back. You're only one year late. It was one year ago that we were talking about uh, you joining the Joyful Rebellion and podcast. This is what I was supposed to be here. You guys were supposed to meet me. You are where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be. Yeah. This has been a Joyful Rebellion. Warriors from Central Falls, please say peace out to the world. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Oh, oh. <laughs>